Welcome to Integrative Medicine Solutions with Forum Health, the podcast. Our nationwide network of integrative and functional medicine providers believe in a new standard of healthcare, one that creates optimal health by focusing on partnering with you, understanding your needs, learning about your unique health history, and getting to the root cause of your concerns. Using advanced testing, emerging therapies, and the latest technology, Forum Health providers are at the forefront of integrative and functional health care for all. Your journey to better health starts here. I am pleased to introduce Chief Medical Officer at Forum Health and the founder of the Self-Care Collective, Dr. Shilpa P. Saxena. For those of you not familiar, Dr. Saxena is a board-certified family physician with 20-plus years of innovative medical experience. She is globally recognized as an expert and leader in lifestyle medicine, cardiometabolic health, hormone disorders, autoimmune conditions, and clinical nutrition. Dr. Saxena also developed Form Health's popular medically supervised gut, detox, gut detox program, GDRX. I couldn't get that out. Um, Dr. Saxena, welcome. Thank you so much for joining us tonight. Thank you, Britt. We're very excited to learn a little bit more about healing our gut health. Okay. Just as a reminder, the goal of any of our sessions is for you to get vetted information. So having an expert, that's going to be me today, uh, filter out the noise. There's just so much that you've probably heard about and got confused about related to gut health. I'm going to get you some real reliable information, then get you some algorithms and tools to make some decisions about what to do, and then give you access to some of these wonderful functional and integrative medicine uh, tools and resources that we have so you can take advantage of them. A bit to tell you who's vetting the information. It's me tonight. And as Britt mentioned, I've been around for 20 plus years and uh, not only as a board certified physician, but uh, I've been doing functional medicine for 15 years. I'm senior faculty. I love to teach providers, but I really love to get patients and people really into helping themselves. And what functional medicine is, is identifying and addressing the root cause. What integrative medicine is, is using both, both Eastern and Western treatment options to help. So over the course of 20 years, I've just met thousands and thousands of people, worked with them. I've really come to know what works and what works for whom. And I think in systems, and I'm going to say this out loud, I don't know everything. I've been around, I've seen a lot, but I don't know everything. And anybody who kind of pitches you a one size fits all solution uh, that isn't customizable, that doesn't really get personalized, I think is lacking some degree of scientific rigor, okay? Because we, we are all beautifully biochemically unique. So our solutions need to be such. And then we're also at a different time in our journey. So sometimes one solution works better than another based on where we are in our world. So my recommendation for you as I'm speaking at this session and any other session is to learn reliable science and then choose what might be an intervention based on your intuition and your self-understanding because you really do know a lot. And then act, like do something. We're not going to get a different result unless you do something. Reassess yourself, choose something else, act again. And I'm telling you, these slow incremental steps are going to make a world of difference. So let's start with a gut feeling. I want you to just get a sense of where your health is at and not just your gut health, because I'm going to show you how your gut health is connected to all other systems in your body. So are you somebody that has rare to very mild issues, or are you someone who, you know, you walk around, you look okay, but you've got more issues going on than you prefer, and you're just hiding it well, maybe, 
or are you just a big hot mess, as they say? Uh, are there just multiple things not working and you're going to need something a little bit you know, deeper as an intervention? Just start to get a sense of this. And then as we start learning more about how the gut affects all parts of your body, you may be shifting categories. Okay. And one of the things I'm just going to plant the seed for is the GDRX program. This is a comprehensive functional integrative medicine program. But what I love about it is that we've used it for thousands of patients. I've used it for 15 years. We've got data on it and it is the foundation for any solid functional integrative medical plan. It, it just is. So I'm excited to bring it up. And that's one of the reasons why this is our first topic, uh, gut health, heal your gut, heal your body. So let's go. So what we're going to be talking about is why gut health is essential for your entire health to be possible. What's supposed to happen with your gut systems, how they start to dysfunction and then cause the diseases or symptoms that you don't want. And then what you can do about it. That's kind of our roadmap for tonight. So let's start by just understanding, okay, what, let's go big picture. Why do people seek out healthcare or providers? Sometimes it's like a short-lived thing, what we call an acute problem, like a rash or a cold and a cough, or sometimes it's something that's been going on for months to years. We call that a chronic issue. But no matter what you have, short or long-term, many times you'll just be turfed, if you will, to a certain provider, whether it's your primary care physician, a specialist of some sort. And what I find is, as, pe as people rack up symptoms or things that aren't working well for them, they start to get like this network of specialists who the patient many times feels like is not communicating with each other. So Western medicine uh, was founded in a way of looking at your systems as different parts and it manages them as parts. But at some point, we really understand that you're a whole tree, you're not just a bunch of parts. So healthcare tends to be very branched, but your body doesn't work as a bunch of branches. It works as a network, like a web. It's an amazing network. And the like your skeletal system talks to your digestive system, talks to your hormones, talks to your brain. But I will tell you, if there's one thing at the center of the web of life, it's the gut, the GI system, the gastrointestinal system. That would be at the center of this web of life. And I'm going to say this statement over and over. The health of your body is drastically limited until and unless you correct the imbalances of the gastrointestinal system. So that I sometimes will call that the GI system. I'll sometimes call it your gut or digestive system. I'm using all these words kind of interchangeably for tonight. You see the digestive system. And let me just show you, let's just do a little stroll around the body to show you how it connects. So for example, the digestive system here in the center is in charge. It's, it's actually called your second brain. It makes things like serotonin and GABA and neurotransmitters that feed your first brain up here. So if your gut isn't happy, it is really tough to have a brain that thinks well and feels well. Your gut is in charge of removing toxins. If they back up in your body, guess what? Your skin is your major detoxification organ. And so if it backs up in your gut, it's gonna back up in your skin and you'll have skin issues. Your gut is where 80% of your immune system lives. So if 
your gut is not happy, then your immune system can either be hyperactive, like somebody with allergies or asthma or hay fever. It can be weak, which can then cause immunodeficiency. People with this might have frequent colds or they're the people who get you know, sick all the time or can't get rid of things on antibiotics. Or the immune system can also become confused and start attacking yourself. So that's the basis of autoimmunity. The digestive system, because it houses the immune system and the immune system is the biggest source of inflammation and inflammation starts most every long-term disease is why the digestive system is connected to heart disease, diabetes, migraines, toxins will back up into the liver, thyroid and metabolism problems, all stemming from the gut not being healthy. All right, so what is a healthy gut supposed to do? And listen, I'm gonna say this from a scientific approach and I don't want you to kind of look at what's normal in society or average in society as a gauge of what health is because we are way off from what health is supposed to be these days. So what's supposed to happen, and I want you to maybe imagine your great, 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 great grandmother, what her digestive system was like and what it was supposed to do. So what it was supposed to do was take nutrients, whole foods types of nutrients from the outside, digest them, and then absorb them so that your body can use those nutrients for fuel and healing, okay? Now, who knows what we put inside that tube? And I wanna also say one other thing. Many times people say, well, I take this supplement or I take, I eat this food. I remind you, you don't get credit for what you swallow. You get credit for what your healthy or unhealthy gut can absorb. So if you swallow it, but you're not absorbing it, you just have, especially if you're taking a bunch of supplements, I always say you just have expensive poop. It's going right through you. So you need that healthy gut to digest and absorb. You also want to think about the tube that goes from your mouth to your rectum actually as the outside of your body. So imagine like if you swallowed a dime, you're not going to, that dime is not going to make it into the bloodstream or it's never going to get access to your brain because your gut tube is a barrier. It's a barrier for much smaller things like viruses and bacterias and toxins as well. And remember I said that the, immune, the gut houses 80% of your immune system. And we'll talk about this. This is called your microbiome. So if your gut is healthy, then your immune system is both smart, tolerant, and strong. Okay, so it's three things. Now, the gut is also in charge of getting rid of garbage. I'm just gonna put it to you, like if you never remove the garbage or hardly remove the garbage from your house, tell me what your house would be like. Not a fun place to live. Body is no different. And last but certainly not least, your gut is married to your brain. There is no way that you can have a healthy brain if you don't have a healthy gut, period. Dead stop, done. So we, if you want mental health and if you want a smart brain, you must have a healthy gut. So how do we start to kind of break down our gut systems? Well, there's of course the obvious things that are insults, you know, toxins that we purposefully put into our body, you know, fake foods, alcohol at unhealthy levels, but our lifestyle, like just not moving enough is actually going to change how our gut works. So we need to get moving regularly. The other thing is, is that we stress in a whole different way compared to our great, 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 great grandmother. 
you know, they surely had some severe stresses, but they were generally few and far between. So the way we stress over our cell phones and our XYZs, we really, from our brain, will create stress that will damage our gut. And last but certainly not least, we are not sleeping well as humans in society. And sleep is when the gut heals. So if you're not getting good sleep, your gut doesn't sleep. That means your immune system doesn't sleep, which means that you are waking up to kind of like what you're like when you don't sleep. An immune system that is tired, weak, irritable, and confused. And then remember, when you have that kind of immune system, it's going to spew out inflammation and that's going to turn on a bunch of diseases and symptoms that you don't want. And let's learn about the mighty microbiome. So the microbiome is the trillion bacteria that line the walls of the tube that starts at your mouth and works its way all the way down to your anus. So a trillion bacteria are all over that. And that bacteria is either beneficial or healthy or good bacteria, or it can start to get imbalanced and cause problems. So if you look at the top blue section, if you have a healthy microbiome, those trillion bacteria will actually protect you against infections. They will help with digestion. They will keep your immune system strong and they actually make vitamins and neurotransmitters for you. Now, if you don't have a balanced microbiome because maybe you stress too much, you don't take good foods and drinks in, you've got toxins building up, you've been on antibiotics and had infections. Well, now you've created a tilt and that tilt is going to create gut symptoms like, so you might start having diarrhea, constipation, acid reflux, burping, bloating, but you're also not going to absorb nutrients and you're not going to get rid of toxins well. So you're already starting to cause problems for the whole body. And when that starts to happen, that's when you start having issues with mental health, autoimmunity, allergies, thyroid issues, weight problems. It's just a domino cascade when the gut microbiome is off. So what weakens that microbiome? It's gonna be kind of the same themes you'll keep hearing. If we eat food that wasn't part of original design, meaning it wasn't meant to nourish us, that's gonna potentially damage that microbiome. Germs, you know, you're supposed to have, of course, the microbiome is a bunch of bacteria, viruses, some fungus and parasites, but it's, it's kind of like a neighborhood. When you have a healthy neighborhood, you know, you have a lot of great neighbors. Some of them do more of the community service than others do, but there's a good balance. But if at some point X percentage of the healthy neighbors move out and you get some people who move in that are just causing more disturbance, well, then the neighborhood isn't as happy and functioning anymore. That's what germs can do. Stress, whether it's psychological or physical, that can start to break apart the gut microbiome and obviously toxins ones that you don't intend to get in there and the ones you actually put in voluntarily like a prescription drug is a toxin to the gut many times because it, it's just not part of original design. Even though it's there to help you with something, it, there's still a price you pay for it. All right, so here we go, getting deeper into the science. You may have heard of this term called leaky gut. 
And you see those things across the top here, food, infections, medications, stress. These are some of the things that we told you just before in the last slide that can damage your gut. So on the left side where you see these kind of light peach mucosal membrane cells, you see how they're standing shoulder to shoulder? That's because they don't let things in unless they're healthy. So you can see the vitamins and minerals are being allowed to pass through from the gut lining into that red tube, which is your bloodstream. But when we start damaging the gut lining on the right side with the toxins, the stress, et cetera, et cetera, now these things start to leak through, like people going through airport security without clearance. And then in that bloodstream right there are a bunch of immune cells and they will sound the alarm when they're like, ooh, intruder, you do not have a hall pass. And so that's gonna cause the immune system to get all up in arms. That's gonna increase risk for autoimmunity. You're not gonna digest your food. You're not gonna get rid of toxins well. It's a big poop show, if you will. So there's another thing that I wanna teach you. This is like advanced science, but it's so intuitive, okay? What can also happen is this thing called molecular mimicry. And this is the root cause of autoimmune disease. And if you haven't paid attention, if you're not listening, it's really hard to not know at least one person in your life that does not have an autoimmune condition because it is ramping up like crazy. And its root cause is in gut dysfunction. So let's talk about molecular mimicry. Here's another version of the same gut lining. You see the pink cells all across the top. And at some point, you'll see that some of these cells don't have like guard gates. So you see those gray arrows right here and these yellow blobs. This is, for example, gluten. This is a very common food protein in bread and pasta, pizza, that kind of stuff. So gluten if it doesn't go through the proper channel through the pink cell, but it kind of goes through this broken gate and it leaks in, remember the immune system is right on the other side of those cells. And what it says is intruder, intruder. And it says blobs, I don't like blobs. Now it tagged gluten as a dangerous element, okay? Now what the immune system does not do perfectly is, is, is it tags it as a blob. Here's the problem. Some of your own body parts look like blobs. Maybe they're pink blobs. So for instance, in this particular example, your thyroid, some parts of your thyroid actually look like the golden blob. They're just red blobs. But what happens is that immune system is so dead set on attacking the gluten blob that it accidentally starts to attack your thyroid. And that's how molecular mimicry is the cause of Hashimoto's thyroid. Now, the same thing can happen if a certain infection leaks through and then the immune system tags it and then it goes to try to attack that infection, but it attacks your joints and that's where rheumatoid arthritis starts or it attacks your brain and that's how multiple sclerosis starts. So when that immune system is intolerant and confused because of all this leaking going on, your own immune system starts attacking you by accident because of molecular mimicry. So because our gut health is really declining, autoimmunity is on the rise. 
And autoimmunity is that set of conditions where your own immune system is attacking you, some part of you. And depending on where it's attacking, you get a certain diagnosis. So if it's your skin or your kidneys, it might be lupus. Thyroid is Hashimoto's. RA is your joints. Crohn's is your gut. MS is your brain. And I could go on and on and on and on about the numbers of autoimmune cases that are showing up in our offices. And getting their gut healthy is like number one priority. The reason why it's so much of an importance is because if you or someone you know suffers from one of these autoimmune conditions, you'll quickly learn that the conventional medical approach, although it may work temporarily, isn't a great long-term solution because what it does basically is turn off the immune system. It's like, listen, you're confused, you're misbehaving, I'm gonna just turn you off. But as you're probably thinking, you need your immune system to protect you from real bad guys, correct? Like a real virus, like COVID, for example. So that's why in a lot of these commercials, you'll hear, like, be careful for tuberculosis, be careful if you have this infection, be careful of this, because you are vulnerable when you are taking these medications. Now, I am not, I am not promoting that all of a sudden you just stop these medications. What I'm suggesting is, is that if you get your gut healthy, and we do this all the time with our patients, you will see people correct their autoimmunity, literally reverse out of their autoimmunity, and then we can help them come off their medication because they don't have the problem anymore. The leaks are solved. The immune system has calmed down. It's not confused anymore. It's not attacking you. Those antibody numbers have gone away. The ANA or the rheumatoid factor lab test, if you have this condition, has normalized. That's the real goal. That's what functional and integrative medicine can do. All right, let me talk about another common problem with leaky gut. So same scenario, things are leaking through, but this time, let's say it's a food that leaks through and the immune system just decides to tag it as a threat. So for example, dairy goes down the hatch, leaks through, and the immune system says, I don't like you dairy. I don't like you milk. I don't like you cheese. I don't like you yogurt or sour cream. So then what happens is depending on what soldier decided to tag that food as a problem, that soldier builds up a memory, okay? So when these foods are tagged by one of the immune soldiers, and whenever that soldier sees that food come down the hatch again, because we rarely ever drink milk once, or we rarely ever have cheese once, once the food has been tagged, and then you eat it for a second and a third and a 16th time, these soldiers are irritated. And they've already identified, like I said, I don't like you cheese. And once it sees a particle of cheese and it connects into it, like you see this little Y little thing connecting into this trigger, then all of a sudden that mast cell, for example, which is the name of one of the soldiers, it says, oh no, you did not. And it will unload its weapon of choice. So a mast cell will unload histamine, but another kind of cell might unload something called a cytokine whatever weapon it unloads, that now is in the bloodstream going to all parts of your body causing mayhem. So if it did release histamine, then you'd get the classic allergy symptoms that you see below, itching in your eyes or nose or ears or throat, right? Wherever the histamine is. 
And I don't know if you've ever had histamine on your brain. It just makes you feel like you're like itching from the inside of your brain out. Like think of somebody with poison ivy. Now here's the thing. This would be called a food allergy, but you can have many soldiers have problems with many foods. And then it, when they release their weapons and they circulate in the blood, it'll cause a whole host of issues that you don't think about could be related to food like insomnia or headaches or blurred vision. Those are not the things you normally think of to be caused by food, but that's because food leaks through, the immune system has a reaction, it creates warfare, and that goes throughout the body and starts to cause problems in different departments. So I'm hoping you are picking up what I'm putting down here, that when I say heal your gut to heal your body, and that the health of your body is drastically limited until and unless you correct the imbalances of the GI system. You're seeing the world of, of, of no goodness that happens when this gut isn't happy. Okay, let's talk happy solutions. Integrative medicine is integrating Eastern modalities of health with Western science. So we can take things that we've known that have worked for thousands of years and also actually have a growing um, body of evidence to tell us like, you know, the joke uh, in my family is for my elders, they're like, oh, people are finally understanding that turmeric is good for you. We've known this for a long time, but now science says turmeric is good for you. Ginger is good for you. Cayenne is good for you. Well, we can start to integrate that into our regimens and we start the history is, is that the way that ancient modalities would help the gut was kind of similar to what we call now the 4R approach to gut health. So bear with me. It's kind of obvious. The first thing we want to do to improve gut health is we got to remove the bad guys, whether they're food allergens or toxins or bacteria, we got to get them out because they're causing mayhem. We also want to put back in things like stomach acid or digestive enzymes so that you can digest and absorb nutrition. We want to put in all those healthy, good bacteria. Remember those good neighbors? We want to put them back in the neighborhood. And then we got to repair the leakiness, all those leaky junctions, got to repair them so things don't continue to leak through and trigger the immune system. And then as we learned more, we realized, wow, this gut, when it's stressed out, it can send signals to the brain, but the brain, when it's stressed out, can actually send signals to the gut and make it leaky. So it ended up becoming the five R approach to gut health. And we brought in this fifth R, which was about relaxation, or maybe we can call it mind body medicine. So when you hear about the data and the evidence about meditation and prayer and mindfulness and you know gardening in the zone, it's because healthy brain allows for healthy gut. Stress literally causes a leaky gut. All right, so a good 5R approach to gut health gets rid of the bad stuff, including our foods. And then remember, when we get rid of those trigger foods, we're gonna keep them from leaking through and then our immune system gets to calm down and that means inflammation goes down. And when inflammation goes down, disease goes down. The other thing is, is when we repair and stop getting all this barrage of food triggers and toxins going in, our, our ability to get rid of garbage improves. 
And what do I mean by garbage food? Well, the obvious is if it's fake or toxic or if it's highly processed, like, listen, I get it. Do I have French fries every now and then? Yes, I do. Do I have things that were made in a lab, like these fancy colors? Yes, I do every now and then. But if I were to have a majority of my diet with these kinds of foods, my gut doesn't have a chance to heal. The third category is a little more subtle. Quote unquote, healthy foods can actually be tagged as irritating. So you maybe have heard of somebody being allergic to nuts or sensitive to grapes or you know intolerant to dairy. So these foods, for no good reason, except that you ate them too much and they were leaks, they leaked through and your immune system said, you know what, I'm tired of seeing this grapes. I'm just gonna tag it. And therefore, every time after that, when the grape leaked in, your immune system flares and causes inflammation. So we got to get, we got to figure out which one of those foods have been tagged. The other thing that's super important is we can reduce, and I see this all the time with uh, patients and people who are trying to improve their health. They try to remove bad foods, but they don't remember that they've stacked up a whole bunch of garbage from eating that stuff for decades usually. So we really make it a point to make sure that in a comprehensive five-hour program that you are a super pooper. And what does that mean? that your poops are toothpaste consistency. Yes, not Lincoln logs, not torpedoes, not rabbit poops. I'm talking toothpaste consistency. They should be spontaneous, meaning you shouldn't have to push them out. They should be complete, like it shouldn't take multiple visits to get it all out. There should be around one to three bowel movements a day. Shouldn't be any blood, mucus, or undigested food in there. And when you have a healthy bowel movement, it should feel good. Like you feel clean. That is what you need. That's the sign of a healthy gut elimination pathway. So see, when we get the bad stuff out and we repair these leaks, the gut, the GI system is able to do its important jobs again. And do you remember it's important for making vitamins and minerals and neurotransmitters and getting rid of garbage and and so see, when that happens, your whole body starts to feel better. And one of the things that a healthy gut does is it makes serotonin and B12. And these are super critical for your brain to be able to think. So if you have attention, focus, memory issues, likely that you've got a gut problem and you're not making enough serotonin and B12. Or if you have a propensity towards depression, anxiety, or it doesn't even have to be full out diagnosed. It could be like a propensity to be sad, uh, fearful, uh, nervous. Any of these things could be because you don't have enough serotonin and B12 being made in your gut. The other thing that I want to remind people is your gut is a very important employee. And would you ever expect an employee to work 16 to 18 hours a day doing its job and no weekends? no vacations. You just make them work seven days a week, 16 to eight, 18 hours a day. That employee would never last long. So I got to tell you, Eastern traditions would tell us that we should quote unquote fast and fasting. Just want to specify here. That means having your gut work for eight to 12 hours a day, but you know, like try to see if you can keep your food intake between like 7am and 7pm or 8 a.m. and 8 p.m. And if you can tighten it up, 
to 11 a.m. to 7 p.m., that's really nice. You're giving your gut employee 16 hours to rest. And you know that that's more likely for the gut to work better when you are not constantly making it digest, absorb, process, assimilate, remove, give it a break. Yeah. Okay. So we got to get the bad stuff out, get the waste out, get the trigger foods out, remove the germs, repair the linings, put in acid and digestive enzymes. Cause a lot of that gets, gets lost when the health, when the gut becomes unhealthy. So we customize and help patients figure out, hey, do you need acid or do you need digestive enzymes? And there's some telltale signs and symptoms that our coaches help our patients with through the GDRX program. A lot of times we got to put in some good bacteria back in too, because if you've been on antibiotics, that's when you killed off your good neighbors. And if you didn't proactively put in good bacteria afterwards, who knows what got into the neighborhood then? So you might've heard of like stool testing. I will tell you that that's really helpful, but not, it's rarely necessary for me in my practice. So many times, if we just listen to the patient's symptoms and we do this five-hour approach and we put the right nutrients in, take the, you know, the, the triggery foods and toxins and infections out, many times we can avoid paying the 300 to $500 fee for these tests. Now I will use these lab tests if somebody has severe issues or just super curious and just wants to know. All right, can't leave the five-hour approach unless we also remind you that relaxing mindfully is essential because you could get all the physical stuff down with the gut, but if you are a stress monkey, you will continue to make a leaky gut. So what does that mean? I always say that any kind of relaxation process should be sacred to you whether that means God or nature or kindness, something that's bigger than you that you stop and pause for. Do it regularly and make sure that whatever you're doing, that you incorporate deep breathing, especially where your exhale is equal to or longer than your inhale, because then you are making a very strong vagus nerve. And that vagus nerve, it is like, the nerve that innervates the digestive system. So if the vagus nerve is nice and grounded, then your gut health has a chance to be, if you will, grounded and kind of strong. So that's why when you see, you know, Tai Chi and yoga and Qigong and deep breathing and meditation and prayer, when you see these studies, it's because it incorporates deep relaxation and focus and it helps your gut. All right, speaking of, you just made it through some very deep science on gut health. So take a pause here, take a big breath. I'm gonna take one myself because we're gonna start wrapping up now with some solution options. So when you saw that whole presentation, I hope you got the sense that there are multiple things that need to be addressed, at least five, right? The five R approach. And this is very different than the way you may have been trained. See, as a society in Western society, we're many times trained like, hey, what's the pill that I need to take for acid reflux? Hey, I've got an itch over here. What's the best pill for that? What's the best supplement for that? As though one magic bullet is going to take care of the symptom. What I'd like for you to think about is that that gut health is at the hub 
of a huge network of health or dis-ease. And instead of trying to come up with either a pharmaceutical or a supplement kind of a band-aid or magic bullet for each one of your symptoms, just fix the gut. Get that gut healthy through the five-hour approach and you will see like an explosion of wellness that's possible for you. Okay. Don't think of it as like this one supplement or this one food I'm going to eliminate. It's rarely the case. Just to remind you, if you wanted to just take on a lifestyle approach to making your gut healthy, then start cleaning up your diet. Start working on ways to reduce stress. Start cleaning up toxins in your environment. Look at the way that you, you know, maybe like the, the air fresheners you keep in your house. What are they made of? Mine are made of essential oils. You know, I actually don't overuse bleach to remove germs. I wash my hands, but I don't overly use toxins and things like that to clean my house. I'll use vinegar a lot of times. Now, I'm gonna tell you that this is, of course, my favorite thing that I do with our patients and people who are not even our patients who come in to take advantage of some of the services that we have. So GDRX, it stands for Gut Detox Prescription. It's a scientifically proven five-week program, and it basically is the 5R approach with added detoxification support. So it is like double benefit. And it's something that I designed over 15 years ago, and it has consistently been the thing that I do for new patients because most everybody comes to me and has an unhealthy gut. I mean, really telling you, even the healthiest of people, like marathon runners who come in, you know, many times they eat uh, not so healthy. They've been damaging their gut lining or they've been exercising so much that was physical stress on their gut. So as we go to this decision support, if you generally have very rare medical issues and, you know, your symptoms are very mild, like a headache once every five months and rare bloating, you know, maybe we can give you some ideas for some individual supplements to support the little thing that's off for you. But really, you just want to keep doing what you're doing with lifestyle and, you know, maintain that. Now, I'm going to suspect that most of you are not in that category because in my practice, rarely do I meet this person. And we take care of a lot of people who want to like they're healthy, but they want to live longer and they don't realize how much their gut is off, even though they generally think they feel well. Majority of people are in the next two categories, people who have more symptoms than they prefer to have. And if it's like more than you prefer, but you don't feel, you know, like a hot mess, if you will, maybe you tiptoe into the 5R approach and the GDRX and do the starter kit. That's around 10 to 14 days of this approach. And perhaps you might feel great after that and that's enough for you. And then you can go on like a little maintenance thing where you do like a little bit of a shake a day just to give your gut everything it needs to continuously repair leaks. But if you are, you know, somebody who sees two to four plus specialists and you've got multiple systems in your body that are not working well, then most likely you'll need the five-week kit. And I will tell you a majority of people need this versus the middle one. And that's just because if you've lived on this planet and you've lived the modern standard American lifestyle, you've likely not been good to your gut. So doing a big kind of overhaul with the GDRX is super beneficial. 
I want you to know that it's going to be customized to you. You know, if you have dietary restrictions or maybe your work has you working certain hours and limits your ability to do X, Y, Z, our coaches, our coaches are there to make this personalized and mentor and motivate and train and give you handouts and resources so that you can literally nail this thing and get the five R thing under your belt and your gut system working so well. So be sure to know that, you know, the coach care is included in a certain amount with the GDRX program. And you can always do additional coach care as you continue to improve. So I invite you to maintain a healthy gut at every age. It is essential for your health and life is short. So make sure you're very good to your gut because it will take care of you. So let's talk. I am done and I am ready to interact with you and see what is going on for you all. Well, thank you so much, Dr. Saxena. That was such great information. I mean, the gut really is the key to overall, overall health and wellness. Um, so now I'd love to open up the class to questions from our audience, and we'll probably take the next 10 to 15 minutes to answer any of your burning questions around gut health. I know a lot of you have them out there. Um, so let's see what we have so far. So somebody just wrote in, Dr. Saxena, how commonly do gut issues contribute to mental health issues like depression and anxiety? I know you touched upon that a little bit. Yeah, you would be surprised how often the gut is the root cause. In fact, many times when I'm taking care of patients who come to see me because they don't want to be on a prescription medication or they're tired of the side effects and they want to come off of it. When I deconstruct their life, there is almost always antibiotics, toxins, allergies, chronic ear infections. And so their microbiome had been falling apart for a while. And then something in their life happens and their body needs a lot of B12 and their brain needs a lot of serotonin B12. And the gut's like, I'm sorry, I'm broken here a little bit. I can't keep up with what you need brain. And that's when the depression starts or that's when the anxiety or the panic attacks starts. So I would tell you that if I was a betting lady, 100% of the time, the gut is involved with a brain issue. And that's not just the feeling part, it's the thinking part too. If you get like brain fog or, you know, oh, my memory is not as good, gut health. Gut health. It all goes back to gut health. Yeah, it um, really does. Somebody just wrote in, what is your opinion about probiotics? Yeah. You know, the probiotics have gotten a lot of um, attention and I think it's definitely a place for probiotics, but I think it, we sometimes kind of do a one size fits all on probiotics. Like some people think like the probiotic in your yogurt is equal to the probiotic that you might buy over the counter, which is equal to the probiotic that I might prescribe as a physician grade. And they're not the same. First of all, if you take a probiotic and it's in any kind of sugary yogurt, it's dead. It might've started alive, but it's dead. So I don't recommend that as a great source of a powerful probiotic if you have significant issues. Maybe you'll get some benefit, but I wouldn't call that potent. Um, you never really wanna put a ton of sugar into your gut as it is, cause it just feeds the bad bacteria. Um, so these fruit yogurts, I don't, I don't think, are, I think that's uh, not a great option. Then you wanna know that certain probiotics are meant for certain functions. So in the GDRX program, we will choose the probiotic based on the type of symptom 
that you may have. And many times we'll start with what's called a spore-based probiotic, something that very few people know about, which is the latest science. And it literally is like a transformer probiotic and it goes down, opens up, and then starts gobbling up toxins and bad neighbors. Mm -hmm. And then assuming you're a good pooper, poops it out. That is a powerful probiotic that we usually put in in this GDRX program. Not meant to be taken forever. Generally we take it for three months, but all that to say, probiotics is not like a one size fits all, take a probiotic and you're good. Yeah, I think there's so much confusion around probiotics. I'm so glad you addressed that, that it's not the same. Yogurt, kombucha, it's not the same as something that you would prescribe. Mm -hmm. um, going along off of that, somebody just wrote in and said, can you explain the difference between prebiotics and probiotics? Yes. So a probiotic is the actual good neighbor. Okay. So it is a good bacteria. A prebiotic is what that good bacteria feeds on. Okay. Now, let me just tell you one other thing. Prebiotics make sense when your microbiome is balanced, but if you have something called SIBO, small intestinal bacterial overgrowth, which is where you get a lot of bloating right after you eat foods, then you have to be very careful to take a prebiotic because you're feeding the bad bacteria first. They are living up high in your gut. And when you give those prebiotics, those bad bacteria are like mm, me first. And then they put out their little fermented gas and you get super bloated. So again, you don't just give prebiotics out just to get prebiotics, especially if you have SIBO, it'll make you worse. And our coaches will help distinguish that when they're helping you through the GDRX program. Right. Because a lot of times you think, oh, prebiotics, it's healthy. I'll eat it and I'll take that. That's That'll right. be fine. But I'm so glad you addressed that because there's always confusion around that as well. That's right. That's um, right. Jacqueline just wrote in, do you recommend drinking aloe to help the gut? Good question, Jacqueline. So aloe juice has multiple com components to it. And aloe has traditionally been used to be able to soothe the gut lining. The one thing you wanna be careful about is aloe may have something in it called barbaloin or aloins. And these things are kind of laxative type properties. So you wanna make sure if you're taking aloe juice, which is great as a, I would call it as a maintainer, you know, like it heals and maintains, but I wouldn't call it like a big gun. But if you are gonna take it regularly, make sure it does not have any aloins or barbaloins in it because then you can become laxative dependent on the aloe juice. And we don't want that. We want you to have spontaneous poops, not aloe triggered poops. Right. That's great. Um, Smith just wrote in, does it make sense to completely cut out gluten from my diet for gut health? Very good question. And the answer is it depends. So mm -hmm. in the five R program, you will go through a systematic process to identify if gluten is your trigger or not. I will tell you that people with autoimmunity, you know, on average, 70% of them have a gluten issue. And when you have a gluten issue related to autoimmunity, it's not like, oh, I'll cut down on gluten. In general, to get the gut better, you have to 100% eliminate it. And here's the thing, the coaches will help you understand like who wants to be at the grocery store for seven hours reading labels. They will give you gluten-free lists, gluten-friendly lists for Super Bowl and you know, like these kinds of things, because that way you can get to life quicker and you don't feel so restricted. 
but I don't recommend gluten-free for everybody. But I will tell you, if you have an autoimmune condition, likely that you're going to have an issue with gluten. Right. That makes sense. And for any other triggers, dairy, um, anything else that, that may irritate the gut in your body. So um, that's a great question. Uh, somebody just wrote in, what about detoxing from toxins like mercury? Mm-mm-mm. Such smart people on this session. I know. <laughs> okay. So mercury is something that's called a heavy metal toxin. So mercury can come from silver fillings that have been in your mouth. You know, when you have silver fillings, so if you're at a certain age, you might've gotten silver fillings and those have mercury in them. And you've been micro eroding them into your mouth where there's tremendous blood supply. And that's been getting into your blood and going all throughout your body and causing problems. Mercury was never meant to be in your body. You can also get mercury from like canned tuna or larger fish. If you have regular intake of these fish that have bioaccumulated mercury. Now in the GDRX program, and I'm sorry, I keep going back to that, but it is like the, it's just so comprehensive that it addresses all these first level interventions. And I'll call it like first, second, and third level interventions. So to get rid of mercury, it's important to get rid of it, but you have to get the liver prepped. And that's what GDRX will do. You have to give the liver, and we'll talk about this next session, you have to give it phase one and phase two trash bags. You've got to get the liver prepped to be able to get rid of mercury. You don't just call out mercury and say, hey, get out of here. That's called chelation. (laughs) But when you say, get out of here, the liver better have a bunch of trash bags ready. Because if it doesn't, then when you call the mercury out with chelation, it'll just circulate and go bang up against another organ system. And that, that's what I call retox. So you want to, it's very methodical how you first get the gut healthy and the detoxification pathways open before you start removing mercury. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. Makes a lot of sense. It's a great question. I'm so glad people, somebody addressed toxins because there's so many toxins in our environment these days, numerous toxins. Um, somebody just wrote in, can you remove gluten long enough while healing your gut that you can then reintroduce it without reacting to it? Yes, I am a living example of that. Oh my goodness. Wow. So let me just tell you, there are people who have a genetic intolerance. They're called celiac disease patients. Now these patients, because they have a genetic inability to digest and process gluten, they don't generally, at least right now, we, modern science hasn't figured out a way to overcome that gene. But for the vast majority of patients, they have either a wheat allergy or what we call non-celiac gluten sensitivity. So it's not genetic. It's just you ate too much processed bread or pasta and that leakiness was there and your immune system decided no gluten, I don't like you. So what it usually takes is removing the gluten for three to six months, fixing the gut, putting the good bacteria back. Again, that's all in the GDRX program. You do all that. And then once the whole system, including the immune system calms down, you might be able to slowly start putting back gluten and the immune system has basically gotten over its fit about gluten in the past. Like it's given up the memory of the irritation. So it will allow it. Now, if you just start to bombard it and create leaky guts and then trigger it again, it'll just say, wait a second, I don't like this. And it'll reflare, but you can go back to like myself. I will have like, I'm a New Yorker by birth 
and you put me in front of a good New York style pizza, I will use one of my gluten cheats to have it. Um, but I would not have it all the time because I know I'll just create the leaks and I'll, I'll irritate my immune system and gut again. Right. That's great. That was such a great question. Cause I've always wondered that myself. Yeah. Yeah. It's nice to be able to enjoy those things without having all of those negative side effects. But you got to um, work for it. You got to, you got to heal your you gut. Have to work. Yeah. yeah. You have to really heal first. Yeah. Um, somebody just wrote in, is it true that raw vegetables can be hard on the digestive tract? Yes. Some patients, uh, I'm actually one of them. I, mm -hmm. if you don't have enough acid and digestive enzymes, then even good food, good raw food, it can come down the hatch. And if it's not properly uh, digested, it actually looks like a, a, a foreign particle to the immune system. So many people who lack stomach acid and or digestive enzymes end up having undigested food and or gut inflammation because the food is good, but the digestion absorption process is not working. So then it creates damage to the lining, inflammation. You see, it's the same thing. So we need that. That's why one of the five R's is replace acid and enzymes if it's necessary. Mm -hmm, if necessary. Mm -hmm. uh, another person wrote in, I'm looking right now at the GDRC's program, which is fabulous. Um, which is your favorite flavor? Which, which flavor do you prefer? I know I'm mine's chocolate. chocolate I'm a chocolate. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I like chocolate. Um, having said that, if you are anti-chocolate, cause there are some strange people, no, I'm joking. There are some wonderful, unique people who love vanilla. What I recommend if you take the vanilla, it's a purist um, powder. I recommend you do that one and you can mix in like frozen berries, or you can put in a banana with some mint leaves. I mean, you don't have to put anything in, but vanilla is kind of on the plainer side. Um, so if you tend to not like chocolate, I would just, and, and the um, coaches have great recipes for these protein powders as well too. Yeah, they have great recipes for everything to make your life so much easier to make the GDRX program really easy. Uh, you know, everybody's life is so busy and they're delicious. They're some of my favorite recipes actually that are in our GDRX uh, cookbook. So uh, just know that. <laughs> I, I was just going to say, I have been on those shakes for 10 years consistently. And then after that, I just started drinking them four times a week. But I'm just telling you that is, I used to have five diseases by the age of 32, including Hashimoto's thyroiditis, asthma, PCOS, prediabetes, you know, infertility. I had more. I used to break out in hives from the sun. I was so allergic and my immune system was so irritable. When I removed gluten and healed my gut and detoxified, I have none of those conditions anymore. And I attribute that all to those shakes, constantly keeping my gut barrier healthy and detoxifying. Like I have a daily insurance policy with those shakes. And I will remind people, those shakes taste much better with unsweetened almond milk. Um, I don't love them with straight water. Uh, so if you do the shakes, I recommend that you do it, even though it says with water, use some sort of you know non-dairy milk substitute and then you can add all the fun ingredients in and get a little blender out and get all foodie on it. 
Definitely. Yeah, I find them very satisfying. I feel satiated after eating them. Plus, it's easy, especially if you have a busy, hectic work day or after work. They're very easy to prepare and you're getting all of your nutrients, you're getting everything. And, um, and one other caveat, Britt, I'm sorry, this yeah. is a really important oh, subject. I get yeah. passionate about it. You remember we talked about digestive fasting, like giving mm -hmm. your employee a break. When yeah. you take this shake, it is pre-digested protein, which means the digestive portion has been done. So when you take the shake, if you don't have acid or digestive enzymes, it's okay. That step has already been done. So that means that protein is more likely to be ready and available to heal your gut lining and all the nutrients in that shake are going to cross through and the immune system is going to be like, Hey, so happy to see you. We've been waiting for you. They're going to come in and then start healing the body. Things like methyl B12, these blends are hypoallergenic. They're low blood sugar. Um, and because they're pre-digested, they're kind of like half fasting. So for people who, you know, can't skip a breakfast, if you take the shake for breakfast, it's kind of like you gave your gut a break, um, because you didn't make it do a lot of work with digestion. So you kind of get credit for fasting when you have those shakes. I love that. I actually mm -hmm. found that I had more energy mm -hmm. by day three and, and onwards. I had more energy, um, had less brain fog. Um, I, you know, I just, I felt better overall. You didn't feel the achiness yeah. that sometimes you feel in day-to-day -day life. Um, so just know that. And, and too, I got off of caffeine, which I know is a difficult thing for many people. Yeah. But so important, so important, especially if you suffer from anxiety, um, being able to, to get off of that. So there's a lot of pluses. There's a lot of bonuses. And just to let's just kind of bring that into what our lesson was. Yeah. So, Britt, what you just said is you didn't need caffeine because when you heal your gut, it makes B12. Mm. And in the shake is B12. And that is supposed to be your natural energy. Yes. You see? You heal the gut, you get rid of the toxins. It makes its B12. There's some added B12 that got in there to make the healing happen. And that's why you don't need a stimulant anymore because your body is doing original design. Yes. You get that? Like your gut's like, okay, fine. I'm happy. I'll make the B12. I'll make the serotonin. Your anxiousness gets better because now your gut's making serotonin for you. Absolutely. Yeah. It's yeah. like this great natural energy without the jitters, without the crash that we're all seeking, we all need in our daily lives. Yeah. Uh, so there's just, there's so many benefits, so many benefits. Um, again, if you have a question for Dr. Saxena, please uh, send us a message with the Q&A function at the bottom of the dashboard. We'll probably take a few more questions uh, tonight. So please send them our way. Um, let's see, somebody just wrote in, what are the best ways to improve constipation in your experience? Okay. Let me tell you that most people are constipated by definition that I talked about with the healthy stool. Like there's just very few people who meet all of those items. So I'll tell you some of my favorite biohacks for constipation. Number one, I'm going to call the eighties aerobic. Okay. I'm going to give you kind of lifestyle stuff. So if you remember women in the eighties, they used to do these aerobic classes where their hands were out to the side, and then they would take their opposite elbow to their opposite knee and kind of go like do little crunches like this, okay? That starts to squeeze the bottom right and left corners of your groin where poop gets stuck, okay? So you can do, um, Jane Fonda used to popularize the move. So I call them Jane Fondas. You can do like 20 to 30 Jane Fondas before pooping. And that might get like literal poop plugs 
you know, milked so they're softer so that they don't create traffic jams. Um, hydration is important. But the other thing that I'll tell you is, is taking a digestive enzyme on an empty stomach at night. When you take that at night, it's literally like going in your bowels and digesting up the poop food, if you will, so that it's actually, you know, more likely to be soft so that you can have a good bowel movement in the morning. The other thing that we like is a magnesium citrate type of powder or supplement that relaxes the bowel wall because we are just so like tight and stressed and clamped down as a society. So if we just take a little bit of magnesium and open up the, the bowel muscle, things can move. You add in some Jane Fonda's and some digestive enzyme, and that's a very safe solution versus, you know, taking laxatives and things like that. Absolutely. Or fix the gut. <laughs> to fix the gut. <laughs> Absolutely. To go along with that, somebody wrote in and said, Dr. Saxena, how do you feel about the pooping stools that, that are available? Have you seen oh. those Yes. The squatty yeah. potty is an, uh, is potty. potty. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Let me just tell you that's old. That's old school logic. See, we used to squat to go to the bathroom. It's not until kind of a certain phase in history where toilet bowls came around and then the angle of our pelvis changed. And that actually led to a lot more constipation, but original design, you were meant to be a squatter. So when you bring your knees up higher, there's certain muscles that relax in your perineum that allow for stool to come out more easily. So those squatty potties really, you know, are great. You can rig up your own though, you know. Right, right. You can probably do yeah. your own thing. Take yeah, a weekend DIY project. <laughs> That's a good, that'll be, that'll be our next time. With flowers or motivational talk. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, let's see, we have another question just popped in. Are there any yoga moves you recommend mm. to help with, uh, with gut health? Yes. Um, so some of the most common yoga moves that you can consider is laying on your back, bringing your right knee into your chest. So then you're milking the right side of your colon, and then you extend that right knee and then bring in the left knee. So you're basically trying to squeeze the right side and then squeeze the left side because it's kind of a rainbow starting from your right lower groin coming up and over rainbow and coming down to your left groin. And then there's like this little S before you exit stage left, the poop does. So that's one yoga move. Any kind of twisting, you know, like if you do a rotated triangle, that's a great way to you know, again, it's, it's, it's a different way of doing a Jane Fonda right. thing that causes you to kind of twist at your pelvis is going to help yoga. Just in general is a deep breathing exercise if done correctly. And if you deep breathe that vagus nerve relaxes, that allows your muscles to relax. And that would cause improved digestion, absorption and elimination. So mm -hmm. yoga is great in many ways. Absolutely. Yeah. You're really ringing out almost like a, almost like a tower sponge ringing out your organs and, and really yes. helping to push things forward. Yeah. Yoga is wonderful. Mm -hmm. Well, that's what we were supposed to do. If you think about your great, great, great grandmother, she didn't just walk. She was squatting and lifting and twisting and holding the child. And, you know, so she was doing a lot of milking of her midsection. So that's what you want to do in life is milk the midsection make sure yes. it's moving, but you've got to think when we sit in a chair for eight hours, 
we've basically created traffic jams in our groin, correct? And then we're not milking much in the midsection here. Oh. So this is why we are a constipated group of people. Absolutely. And then we sit at night. We, we mm-hmm. sit all the time. Yeah. I mean, they say it's equivalent to smoking now sitting all day long. So oh, yeah. that's right. I like that. So do everyone do your Jane Fonda's. I love that. I'm going to do a little bit of that after this. <laughs> um, well, if there aren't any more questions, we'll wrap up for this evening. Um, I just want to thank everyone for participating. So Again, Dr. Saxena, thank you so much. And for everyone for joining us, we really appreciate it. And we will see you next time. Thanks, everyone. Take care. Happy gut health. Thank you you for tuning in to this episode of the Forum Health Podcast. Forum Health is the first nationwide network of integrative and functional medicine providers. To learn more about this topic and to find a Forum Health provider near you, visit forumhealth.com.